during our Lenten season, uh, our parish has uh, decided to together, and when I say our parish, I guess we decided and inflicted on you, uh, that we're going to do this 40 days um, challenge, that journal that we handed out last week. And I'm a little geeked out about this. Uh, and one of the things I want to do right away is thank you uh, with all my heart. Um, when we were meeting about how many books do we order, yeah, because you don't want to order too many because they cost money. Uh, and you know, a parish of about 2,200 families, usually if you get 400 books, you'll have enough, right? You'll have more than enough. You'll have some that uh, maybe years later someone might ask for it and you can go get it. Uh, but knowing you guys, we ordered 500 in the hopes that, well, we'll have like a bunch left over that we can keep. And we had to order more. Uh, so many of you uh, apparently decided, yeah, we're doing this. We're going to take that Latin book home. And uh, I'm sure with varying degrees of success, right? Or we all struggle. But at least to get in the fight and to take those books, 600 we ended up running out of um, after 600. Um, so thank you. And, and if you took, if you felt called, yeah, I'm going to take one of these books. And maybe you're thinking, oh, I forgot already. Uh, let it go. Start. Start today. Um, that every day in those books, it's just a little bit of exercises. You can go through it either as a family or as individuals, uh, whatever it might be. But I, I just, I thank you for that. I, I'm a little, uh, Father Lay and I, when we sat down to work on this homily, we, we, that was the first thing we both were blown away by. Holy cow. Um, yay. Okay. Um, oh, and I forgot. I'm sorry. Right at the beginning. In our Lenten season, we change Mass a bit, right? The church gives us some instructions. And hopefully, the first thing you notice, we kind of stripped down the sanctuary as much as we can. Just the essentials. Yeah, um, you noticed there was no Gloria. We do not sing the Gloria during Lent. Um, and come Holy Spirit. Oh, at the end of Mass, we don't process out to music. Uh, we process out to our St. Michael prayer. We don't say the word Alleluia. The only time we can say it is when we say, don't say the word. Uh, and uh, that means, right, because it means he is risen. That's what that word means. He's risen. And right now we're with him in the desert, getting ready to go to his death and resurrection. So you'll hopefully notice uh, some of these changes. Okay. Now, holiness never just happens. You do not stumble on holiness. Heaven doesn't just happen. Um, what we have to do if we want to be holy, if we want to be in heaven someday, is we have to fight for it. We have to strive for it. We have to work for it. We have to practice receiving. Right? That's the key, to practice receiving. Um, and throughout Lent, we're going to focus on how these books can help us in our striving. And the first word they give us, the first theme, uh, and every week, Father Lay and I are going to hit the theme from the book this week, it's love, right? Uh, what is love? 
baby, don't hurt me. No more. No more. Um, I'm going to be totally honest, that wasn't in the book. I, uh, this is awkward. Uh, part of the trouble we're going to have as Americans is our language. Yeah? And this isn't a rip. Nobody sinned. It's just how our language evolved. But the way it evolved is that love can mean just about anything. From the most base, selfish instinct to the most ridiculously selfless thing. And we love. Yeah? Uh, I, I, I love my truck. It's embarrassing, but I love my truck. Uh, oh, Lord, I love my tigers, and we're going to be awful again. Yeah? Um, I love my dad. I don't know where he went. Um, oh, all those are different. Oh, I love Enzo's pizza. Has anyone? That stuff will change your life. Uh, and every one of those is a different kind of love. And we know that. If I love my dog like I love my dad, I need help. Serious psychological help. And we even do get that kind of stuff muddled, but don't go there. What we need to do is recognize that when Jesus talks about love, in our Gospels, it's all Greek, literally. Yeah, it's all Greek. And in Greek, there is a specific word for every kind of love. It's crazy. Um, there's even like, there's one word, thumos, which means the love of a fight. Yeah, the love of battle. There's uh, eros, where we get the word erotic. It means to crave someone. There's uh, philos, right, which means brotherly love. It's where you get the word Philadelphia, Philadelphia, right? Delphia is the city of, and uh, philos is brotherly love, the city of brotherly love. That's the only reason we call it that, because if you've been there, uh, you're looking for brotherly love, you don't want to go to Philadelphia, uh, ironically enough. And then there's agape, right? And pre-Jesus, secular philosophers in Greek, Greece really tried to figure out, can a human do agape, right? Is, is it possible? What is agape? It's love that is so pure and other-focused that you don't even matter anymore. It's pure, perfect, selfless love. There's no I in agape, yeah? It's a great way to put it. Whenever uh, you talk with secular culture about Christianity or Judaism, it's inevitable that you get folks who really, and, I, and I, it, yikes, but it, I know they're trying, but they say such things as, well, Jesus said to love everybody, and they think that's an astounding insight, right? They think that somehow we missed that sentence. But what word did Jesus use? Jesus used a very specific word. And that word, and every word Jesus uses for love, is a kind of love that is an act of the will. So you can take all these Greek words for love and divide them in half. And there's one group that talks about love as an emotion. And there's one group that talks about love as an act of the will. Jesus always, without exception, and he says the word love a lot, 
always uses the words for love as an act of the will, meaning our feelings don't matter. When Jesus says love one another, he doesn't use a word that conveys emotion because you can't command anybody to have an emotion. You ever have someone when you're all freaked out, which of course never happens to me, right? If I'm freaking out and you say, calm down, I'll punch you in the face, yeah? In love, uh, because if I could, I would've. It's an emotion. I can't help what I feel. I can only hope, help what I do. And I think in our culture, one of our massive problems is we pretend our emotions matter way too much when it comes to love. If you're married, I assume you know what I'm talking about because you have fought in my office, yeah? If you just go by feelings, your marriage will collapse. Your marriage will absolutely collapse. If you just go by feelings, you'll leave your kids, yeah? My mom and dad love me, but it was clear some days they didn't like me at all. And I didn't like me either. It's just a feeling. When we talk about loving God, we're talking about a commitment, an act of will that takes what we feel and makes it subordinate. We don't hold what we feel in contempt. We don't judge what we feel. It's just a feeling. But we certainly subject that feeling to our commitment. That's really important. If I prayed when I felt like it, my prayer would be limited to Tiger Games. Yes. Please, Jesus, help. Yes. It would be limited to scary, disastrous moments. And Jesus, in the end, would be reduced to being a kind of aspirin. Yeah. The Lord of the universe, the king of all creation. Yeah, he's an aspirin. I feel bad. I'm going to take a little Jesus. What we're challenged to do in our love of God is, and each other, excuse me, is to make sure our word for love when we love each other and love God is the ones that involve acts of will, not feelings. Yeah. And again, we don't hold our feelings in contempt. We don't really judge them but we do subject them to the truth. St. John Paul II said it this way, we take what we feel to the classroom of our mind. We educate our feelings, we discipline them, but we certainly never enslave ourselves to them. This is agape love. This is act of the will love. And that's what, there's dad, that's what God is all about. I guarantee you Jesus didn't wake up on Good Friday and like, sweet. Yeah, I'm going to get tortured to death today. What did he pray? Hey, Lord, if we can do this another way, let's do that one. Remember that prayer? Right? Father, that might not be the exact words. Uh, Father, if it, if, if it be possible, take this from me. And then ready, here's agape. But not my will, but yours. 
It's an act of the will. When people say love is the answer, they're right. But they're probably wrong about love. Love is the answer in that I'm going to take what I feel. I'm going to bring it to the classroom of my mind. I'm going to discipline it and educate it. Here's the line, right? St. John Paul II. And by the way, remember the saint part at the beginning? Before he was one of those, he wrote, if you want to be a saint, you must learn to act like you wish you felt. You must learn to act like you wish you felt. When Father Lee and I were talking about this, we were like, okay, let's think about a time we were really loving or we experienced real love. And I thought of two things, and one of them just in a general sense was how much my parents suffered with me um, instead of trying to take my suffering away. Yeah? When I was a younger man, and I would suffer, and I'd see the kids whose moms and dads ran ahead and fixed everything for them, yeah? And I would kind of wish, man, you know, you guys, do you see what they're doing? But that wasn't the loving thing. They felt better if they did that, right? Mom and dad feel better if they get to run ahead and solve all your problems and take away all your pain. But volunteering to feel pain for someone else so they can grow? That blows me away. And they never told me that. I didn't figure it out till I was older. What an amazing gift they gave me. I'm so grateful. I wasn't at the time. But I'm so grateful that they were willing to hurt with me instead of fixing it. I thought of one of the times, and this is kind of silly, but it's funny. And it was when I was a chaplain at Lansing Catholic High School. I taught high school for 10 years, yeah? Uh, And then I went to MSU, and I always told people, see, that's how it worked the first time, 10 years of high school, then college. But nobody found that joke as funny as me. But I have to tell you, and I believe I've told you this before, I love football very much, and we were awful. Uh, We were... You know how every time a Catholic school wins, you got the, some of the public folks saying, oh, they recruit. Nobody recused us of recruiting. Yeah, ever. Uh, we were deeply, deeply awful. And I would go to every game because I guess, well, I'm a Tiger fan. so. And there was one game, and this is true. It was the fourth quarter. I believe we were down 9,000 to nothing. And, you know, you've always got that kid, and he's usually on the D-line, and he's going, guys, we can do this. And I'm like, no, 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 we, we can't. Um, we, we could go home. Uh, it was literally freezing rain. And I'm sitting there, and we're terrible. And, uh, and I, I'm miserable. And all I can think is, I want to go home, yeah? And you want Monsignor Vinky. I, I lived with him at the time. We had a rectory, and we had this fireplace, and there was this wonderful thing called hot cocoa, and I'm like, oh, you do And we're just awful, and we're dying. And I look at the clock, and it's just so slow, you know? And I stayed, and one boy, his name's Mark, um, all of a sudden he's standing next to me 
and, and he kind of bumps me. And, um, yeah, you know, and he does this. So I look behind me. Every parent has left. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every parent was like, hey, we'll get home and make you something. Or, uh, it was so cold and rainy. And, and he said, honest to God, he went, man, you just love us. And I thought, oh, man, I do. The feeling came at that moment. Right? The three and a half quarters before, oh, that was commitment. Uh, the feeling in that moment, I was like, I do love you guys. And no kidding, after the game, they mobbed me and hugged me, and they were like, and they were, it was just the sweetest, most beautiful moment. And then I went home. But guys, that, that's one of those little ways it plays out, and you've all done it. And you know how right it feels. Not at the time, but usually later. At the time, you feel the weight of the commitment and the weight of the cost. And then suddenly you're like, I do love that much. That's when we act like God. This is, I think, what you and I want to strive for. Well, I don't think. I know. For us to really think about love a lot and to recognize that, yeah, we use the word love and it means 800 things. But when God uses the, when Jesus uses the word love, he always uses it as a verb. Always. He always uses it as a verb. You may have noticed when the church changed all the prayers in 2011, one of the things you never hear, or rarely, I think, yeah, rarely hear, is the word love. You tend to hear the word charity. And of course, again, that's another word we use one way in English. We mean giving money to, the, to uh, nonprofits or to the poor. But no, that's not. It's caritas. And it literally is translated love in action. Isn't that great? Caritas. Love in action. Love as a verb. So let's go after this, huh? Let's recognize that love is not, you're not going to fall into this kind of love. You fall into puddles. This kind of love we work for, we beg God for, we practice, we strive, we bleed, all so that we can love like him. It's a choice. It's a commitment. To love someone means we will always act in their best interest, no matter the cost to us. It means we will take what we feel to the classroom of our minds. We will discipline that feeling. We will educate that feeling. And we will act in the best interest of whoever we encounter. We will help them get to heaven if it kills us. We will not stumble into this. We have to work for it. And that's why we fast. That's why we fast. We are disciplining ourselves to not be enslaved to what we feel. That's why we give alms. We are disciplining ourselves to be generous, not giving from our extra, but from giving, giving by need. This is why we pray, because we rarely feel like praying, but we push. And we know we need the grace from prayer 
to live this way. So let's give it all we have. Let's commit this Lent. I'm going to get after love. I'm going to give it all I got. I am going to learn to love like God and experience the wonder and the joy of it all. Amen? Amen. All right.